You're listening to the Sunday Messages Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. A lot going on, a lot of exciting things, including this series that we're looking at, the promises of God. When God promises something, just like he's promised you, the harvesters, those that reap will, or those that sow will reap. They are yes and amen. When we promise something, what happens? Well, sometimes we keep our word and then sometimes we don't. It depends on our own willpower or whether we are able to fall, follow through. The reality is, is that God is faithful even when we are unfaithful. That's been our scripture that we've been memorizing. Second Timothy 2. Verse 13 says this, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. God is the promise keeper. He is the God of covenant. We've already sang that this morning and we've, we've looked at two covenants that he has made. A couple weeks ago, we looked at the covenant, the promise that he made. After we were unfaithful in the garden of Eden, God put Adam and Eve in paradise, we lost paradise by choosing to go our own way versus trusting God. But God said, I'm going to promise you that this serpent is going to be crushed. And uh, that promise came true when Jesus died on the cross, but did not stay in the grave. He resurrected on that third day. And last week, we looked at Noah's covenant, the covenant with Noah. God said, hey, build this ark and uh, live in it for hundreds of days, and uh, I'm going to bring devastation here on earth. I'm going to give a a new start to the earth, but I'm going to make a way through hard times for Noah and his family, and through Noah and his family, now all, all of us are here today, and he promised that he wouldn't do that again. He gave us the rainbow as a symbol. Do you know what Noah went on to do? As soon as he got on land, this Righteous, blameless, upright man got drunk. That's right, he was unfaithful. So the first man, Adam, he didn't communicate with his wife. And so when the serpent deceived Eve, Adam was passive. He didn't communicate with him. Now Noah is getting drunk, and now we're going to see Abraham goes the same way. He remains unfaithful. We're going to focus on this new person that God, instead of zooming out and saying, oh my goodness, what have I done? Humanity continues to fall short. He doubles down and he zooms in and he blesses. That is the promise this morning that we serve a God of blessing, that even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful faithful, and he blesses us. Many things that Abraham did. We won't get into this morning, but I encourage you to open up. It starts in chapter, the end of chapter 11, and then into chapter 12, and it goes on for many chapters in the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible. But God chooses to bless this man, Abram, and then he's renamed Abraham, and through that blessing came Jesus, many years later, who then blessed the whole world. What is this blessing? Let's look at it in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. We see it. It's threefold blessing. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, who again was later renamed Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred, that's his family, and your father's house, to the land that I will show you, and I 
will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Threefold blessing to Abraham. The first one is he says, hey, I'm going to provide land for you. I'm going to be, uh, you're going to have everything that you need. I'm going to give you a place to belong, this provision of land. The second, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to give you a great last name with many people that will have it. You will have a great family, people. And then the third promise is I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. I will give you purpose, a purpose here on earth to share the blessing that I've given you with the rest of the world. And again, through that came Jesus, who we now all belong to if we are in Christ. It's important that we identify the definition of blessing and then go back to this context of 2 Timothy 2. So blessing is, God's blessing is about flourishing and multiplication of life. Always has been in Genesis 1, It's the first time that we hear this Hebrew word, barak, blessing that came to animals. He said, I will bless you, the animals, to multiply, to grow, to produce. And then in Genesis 1:28, we get that his image bearers, all humans, I will bless you so that you can be fruitful and multiply. Not only that, but rule over the things of the earth. He's delegating authority. That is God's blessing unto us. And so in 2 Timothy 2, 12, 13, it says this. Now, this is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, meaning him being Jesus, now we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. We talked about that last week, how God makes a way through hard times. But if we deny him, he will deny us. We can actually say no to the blessing. We can say no to being in relationship with our creator. And what he's saying is that you will just miss out. But God desires that all will be saved. God desires relationship with every human being here on earth. He, he gives that choice to us. And so if we deny him, then we will lose out on the blessing. Verse 13, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. There's a difference there. What is that difference? Well, Abraham does that because Abraham fell short. I won't go into all of the ways, but you can read it. It is truly like, whoa, whoa. And Abraham remains, uh, Abraham is unfaithful. God remains faithful because Abraham never denies God. The one thing that Abraham did is this. He had faith. He never gave up on God. He fell down. He got back up, said, Jesus, back then, Lord, Yahweh, I'm going to trust who you are. Romans 4 talks about what Abraham did. It says in verse 1, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What he did discover about being made right with God, if his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about. But that was not God's way. For the scripture tells us, Abraham believed. 
God. That's what he did. He had faith in the faithful one. And God counted him as righteous because not of what he did, but because of his faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith this way. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Abraham, just like Noah, just like Adam, just like you and me this morning, was unfaithful, but he kept the faith. Faith in the faithful one. Thomas Schreiner, theologian, in his book called Covenant, says Abraham's righteousness is ascribed not to his work for God, but to his trust in God. We can replace the word faith with trust. Am I trusting God? Am I having faith in his promises that they are yes and amen? Let's look at these three Promises. This promise of blessing manifested in three different ways through Genesis chapter 12. Let's turn there again. We already read it. Here's the first part. I will make of you a great nation. He was going to provide this land and he was going to give him plenty. That's a pretty good promise. Some of you have awesome land that you reside in. Maybe it was inheritance or maybe you got it at the right time. Maybe God's blessed you with the opportunity to have an awesome land. Others of you have an awesome bed in a dorm room on the Texas State campus. That is your land. You know what I mean? And that needs to be, you know, thanked God for because I, I, I remember my freshman, sophomore year dorm. It was a holy place. That's where I met with God. All right. Uh, provision is this first promise. God provides what we need. He gives us a pillow and he gives us a bed to lay our heads on. It may be small. It may be big. Whatever it is, it comes from above the author of all blessing. And in the scriptures, we read that this land was special. This land was the land of Canaan, the promised land. Today, Israel. See, Abraham had a son. His son's name was Isaac. Isaac had a son. His son was named Jacob. Jacob was also renamed Israel. And from there, we get the 12 tribes of Israel. And through Israel, we get who? the ultimate uh, Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, born of Mary. And, and so this land was given to Abraham. And, and what I love about it is that they, they don't stay faithful all the time. So Abram gets it, then Abraham is renamed, and then they actually go to Egypt because there's a famine. And uh, then Joseph, remember that? Uh, uh, Joseph is sold into slavery, and he ends up in Egypt, and he brings his family from Israel to Egypt. They stay there for 400 years. This is the story of the Old Testament. I'm zooming through. And then Moses comes to bring God's people back to the promised land and uh, take 40 years to get there because of disobedience. Once they arrive, Joshua walks them in. They reign there. David comes into play and they stay there for about 400 years. And then guess what happens again? We are unfaithful and they got kicked out of the land in exile living in Babylon and uh, other countries. And then Ezra and Nehemiah bring them back into the land. Enter Jesus. And now he has provided the ultimate one who has brought blessing to all 
nations. Here's where I want it to land on us personally, because that's a storyline of Scripture. We can't know where we're going unless we're already grateful for what we have. Sometimes we end up being in want. I want this, I want that, I want that. Okay, ask for it, work for it, but do not stop thanking God for what you already have. See, God gave Abram the land in Genesis 12, 5 through 8 says, when they came to the land of Canaan, this is the first time Abram stepped foot on this land, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem to the oak of Moreh. Small detail, significant detail. Oak of Moreh, it's a tree. Trees have very big significance in the book of Genesis. Think about it. First, we have the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam and Eve in the garden. And then uh, we have the trees that made up wood that made up the ark. So the ark was made up of trees, part of God's promise. And now here we have another tree with Abram, the oak of Moreh, and God's appears to Abram and speaks to him and he says to your offspring not 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 necessarily to you but to your children I will give this land and so here's where here's our application he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him and then he pitched his tent right in that spot not a mansion he started with a tent how often do we take the blessings of God for granted in our lives. Abram, in this case, modeled what it looks like to give thanks to God by building this altar. What are you taking for granted right now? What would it look like for you to count the blessings of God in your life? What would it look like for me to to do that so that we can thank God right where we are before we work and, and ask for what is next? God provided a blessing of Land. And then he says, I will make your name great. Man, a strong legacy, a part of the family of Abraham. This name, again, you have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who many, many, many times in the Bible, Yahweh is referred as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is how great their names were. It's talking about people, a big family. Your name will be great. Again, from that family, we get Jesus. But here was the problem. His wife, Sarai, could not have children. So 10 years went by and Abraham was pretty uh, anxious. He got ahead of him and said, Lord, where is this promise? You said you will make a name great, but I have no children. So they took matters into their own hands. And uh, Sarai, his wife, said, hey, I have a servant, Hagar. Just have a child with her. And then that will be who the blessing will go through. Was that God's way or was that man's way? That was man's way, not God's way. So the blessing didn't go through this son of Hagar and uh, uh, Abraham called Ishmael. Ishmael was Abraham's firstborn son. They tried to take matters into their own hands, people. And you know what that, that did? Man, can you imagine what Hagar felt? She was used and, and then she was abandoned, literally. And the, and the Bible says that she looked at Sarah the wrong way. And then Sarah wanted nothing to do with her anymore. Jealousy and envy and all these human emotions that we have now stirred up. And so Hagar found herself in the desert. 
And that may be where you are right now. You, you may be, man, people have rejected me and hurt me and I am so wounded that I am out there in the desert. Let me just tell you something quickly. People hurt is something that we all struggle with. And as God's people, we need to do things God's way to reach out to the broken, to ask for forgiveness when we fall short and own up our mistakes and seek out reconciliation because that is the heart of God who in the desert looked down and, and saw Hagar and, and said, hey, I'm going to take care of you also even though I'm not going to speak my promises through your son, I'm going to take care of her. And in Genesis 6, 13, Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Another translation says the one who took care of me. Y'all, we serve the God who sees us out there and wants to love us. See, we hurt each other because we don't know who we are in Christ. We forget who he says that we are. And then we hurt one another. I have uh, 12 names of God, uh, things that God says we are. God says, I am chosen, forgiven, justified, reconciled, free, deeply loved, citizen of heaven, ambassador, workmanship, secure, light of the world, and a new creation. This is God. This is who God says that I am. And you are, if you are in Christ. Who does God say that you are? Maybe it's one of these names that you just need to own and, and, and claim over your life as, as Hagar saw the one who saw her. It gets messy with people, but this promise came through people. And, and God still wants to use us now, his chosen People. Second, First Peter two nine ten says, "You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for He called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light." See, once you had no identity as a people, but now you are God's people. Once you have received no mercy, now you have received God's. Mercy. We got to know who we are. We got to know who we are so we can love others the way that God loves them. This last promise, purpose. He promises them land. He promises them a great name, great nation, so that you will be a blessing. See, it's not just so that my name would be great. It's so that I have all of these things. Nope. It's so that I can be a blessing, so that I can share it, so that I can give it away. It's interesting that in Genesis 11, before God chose Abram, God, well, it doesn't say God called him. It just says that Abram's dad, Terah, in Genesis 11:31, 31, it says that Terah took Adam, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur, that's where they lived, into the land of Canaan. So before God chose Abram, Abram's dad was already on his way to Canaan. Well, why didn't he get to Canaan? Right here. But when they came to Haran, they settled. This third promise is our purpose here on earth. It is to bless. 
It is to say, God bless you and mean it, not just when someone sneezes. To bless them and give them something that they need to, to, to be a vehicle of blessing here on earth. The problem, we settle. We don't know why they settle in Haran. But I'll tell you why I settle. I like convenience. I like to build my own little comfortable spot so that I can just be comfortable. But God called Abram and he said, get out of your comfort zone, go into the land that I will give to you. The purpose of your life is to fulfill his purpose, not your purpose. Do we know God's purpose right now in this season? If not, I wonder if we can get some comfort from this last story. But first, the question, am I choosing conviction over convenience? Abram did. He got his son, Isaac. He was born of Sarah, the son of the promise. And then God said, hey, my purpose for your son is that you would actually give him back to me. And he didn't just mean give him back to him to grow up in the temple or be uh, uh, raised up in, in, in church or with other people. No, he, he wanted him to sacrifice his son, to literally build an altar and, and put his son, his only son, on the altar to be sacrificed. And Abraham chose conviction over convenience. And in chapter 22, verse 9, it says that he and his son, Isaac, reached the place this land, literally, Mount Moriah, which later on the temple was built. The, it hosted the presence of the Holy Spirit, this place that God had told them about. Abraham built an altar there, and he arranged the wood. Where do they get the wood? From a tree. And he bound his son, the offspring, this son who was going to give Abraham a great name, this son, the people were, were going to come from all over to, to know the great name of Abraham, Isaac. And, and, and then Abraham laid him on the altar on top of the one. And, and he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you Fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. He chose conviction over convenience. And Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided Abraham did not settle. He went into the land. He was willing to give up his people, his only son, to fulfill the purpose of God in his life. And here's the thing. God fulfilled his purpose through Abraham's faith. He did not withhold his one and only son. He laid him on a tree and he hung on the cross his only begotten son, Jesus of Nazareth, 
so that not only the people of Israel can go back and, and live in relationship with God, but all of humanity, all who call upon the name of Jesus now are saved. What a blessing. If you're able, let's stand and pray. We thank you, God, for the blessing that you have given us through your son. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for forgiving us of all of our sins on the cross. And we thank you for defeating death through your resurrection. Lord, may we gladly receive your blessings here on earth so that we can fulfill our purpose and be a blessing to all those around us. And may we respond as we close this morning, maybe by coming up and, and, and asking you to meet us right where we are through a difficult circumstance. Maybe it means like uh, asking you to show us where you are calling us, what your purpose is for our lives. Maybe it means saying yes to you as our Lord and Savior for the very first time. And if that's you, I, I want to encourage you Scripture says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he has been raised from the dead, we will be saved. And if you're ready, I want you to repeat after me and say, Jesus, this morning, I surrender. I give you my life because you gave me yours. I thank you that in you, I have forgiveness and the promise of everlasting life. I choose to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Messages podcast. You can dive deeper into the messages weekly by subscribing to the Conversations podcast, where we dig into the previous Sunday's message, unpacking how we can apply it further in our daily lives. See you again next week.